the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So, as Abuna mentioned, today's Gospel speaks of a certain period of overlapping time when the disciples of Christ and the disciples of uh, John were baptizing at the same time. And a dispute, as is often the case back then, they used to dispute a lot. Um, the Jews and the disciples of St. John began arguing about the topic of purification. Basically, the argument was that what is the value of the baptism of John when the Old Testament laws and the sprinkling for the remission of sins happened there? Um, and we can get into another discussion about the the, the value of the Old Testament uh, sanctification process. But they basically challenged John for that topic. And their argument was that, see, look, John, the... The um, baptism which you started is now um, everyone, all of Israel now is following Jesus and leaving your baptism. And, and they were trying to disprove the topic of baptism, but in, in, uh, without meaning to, they actually praised Christ and acknowledging that all, the Israel, all of Israel were actually following him. So um, John's disciples, though, were very troubled by this, right? Because they had lack of understanding, so when they were challenged... They lost their peace, and they quickly ran. They had enough wisdom to run to their uh, master, and uh, their and uh, for their and their teacher for healing. So, as a side note, scripture everywhere encourages us to have a deeper understanding and deeper spirituality, so that when we are challenged, and we always will be challenged, um, especially in the time that we live in, and in especially in Southern California. And if you've gone to college here, you know very well that you will be challenged for your faith. We live among a myriad of different belief systems and theologies and also uh, atheism and, um, you know, a lot of challenges to our faith and a lot of challenges to our spirituality. But scripture tells us that wisdom in Isaiah 33, 6, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. And Hosea 4, 6 my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, you know, other similar verses encourage us to dive deeper in our understandings um, and, and also in our spirituality, and the two are tied together. So as one rises in understanding, his spirituality is uh, increased, and as one is spiritual, he's able to comprehend a, great, a greater depth of understanding. So the two reciprocally improve the other. So the disciples of John came to him shaken, but John, as a good teacher, gave a very lengthy uh, remedy to them and a response full of spiritual benefit, uh, which we'll touch on a few of the points. First, he reveals to them his deep contentment that all the people are following Christ. I mean, this is what, like Abuna said, this is why the uh, St. John the Baptist came. He knows the truth of the matter, that Christ is all in all, that he was from eternity, and that uh, he was sent to bear witness of him. And he says to show them the contentment, and to calm their spirits, he says, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from above. It's a lesson for all of us that regarding things that we can't change, to always be content. And we, the Bible says that godliness with con contentment with godliness is great gain for us. It is a, it's a huge stability in our life. We should rejoice in the honors that God gives us. But if honors um, don't come to us, we shouldn't stretch beyond what, was, what has been given to us. Um, we should always be content and have that uh, understanding that God loves us and wants to honor us more than we can even describe or even imagine. And he honors us as it is fit. So St. John then gently rebukes his disciples for forgetting what he told him previously that uh, you, and he says, you yourselves bear witness 
that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. This is the second time he's telling him this. Forgetfulness is dangerous in our spiritual life. Um, when we consider the Israelites, after they've witnessed all the miracles and how they walked between walls of water and saw pillars of fire and uh, all their enemies were destroyed and they gained their freedom, only, remarkably, only a few days later began to melt their gold, shape it into a cow and worship it. We say that's crazy. But we do the similar things when we forget the presence of God. And so the church always teaches us to always remember God and keep God in, in our memory, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. But if you look around the icons, the hymns of the church, the readings, the liturgy, it's all aimed at causing that memory, that remembrance of him to always be in our mind. Uh, first and foremost, of course, scripture is the most important. And we should read that regularly, obviously, during, during the week. Like Pope Shenouda said, Keep your Bible, and the Bible will keep you. It sounds probably better in Arabic, but I think that's the phrase, right? So, so St. John emphasizes that not only is he content, but his joy is full. And he compares his joy to a friend of a bridegroom. Yesterday, we were at a bachelor party, and it wasn't that kind of party. It was very calm, and, you know, Abuna's son-in-law was there, just for the record. Um, <laughs> I wish I was there. Yeah, you should have been there. It was, it was a lot of fun. But we were very joyous with uh, everyone, and we had a lot of fun with, with him. And we were very happy, you know, because Misery loves company. So we were happy he was getting married, you know. So just kidding, Mariana. She's here in the audience. But uh, we basically... Uh, are very happy for him and it, it is a kind of a symbol so he creates like a topology of that and he says just like the friend of the bridegroom is happy I couldn't be happier I couldn't be more content that Christ and everyone's following and the whole uh, all of Israel is now following him the Bible tells us in Romans twelve fifteen to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep when comparing the two over like 30 years of Sunday school I always ask the question you know, what is more difficult, to rejoice with those who rejoice or to weep with those who weep? And I want to say nine times out of ten, the answer is, oh, it's, you know, much more difficult to weep with those who weep. But if you look at your life experiences, that might not be the case. It, to weep with those who weep, I mean, it takes a very hardened heart to not feel sympathy towards somebody who's suffering some sort of calamity or trouble in their life. But to rejoice with those who rejoice is... And, and to like to see another succeed and not feel envy internally, but on top of that to rejoice, it takes a higher level of spiritual maturity to do that. Um, it, it because it's godlike, it's Christ-minded. Because God loves us and rejoices in our honor, He takes our shame on the cross and He clothes us with uh, honor and glory, indescribable beyond words. And since we are heirs to Christ, we also receive everything that Christ has. He gives it to us freely. As uh, in Revelations it says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat with my Father on, on his throne. So even to the point of honoring us to sitting on his throne, he promises us that. But it is difficult. So if you think of your own life experiences at work or family or even in church, where somebody is held in high esteem or somebody is honored or, or has some sort of success, that person almost immediately is faced with envy and backstabbing and all sorts of other challenges. I've even seen friends stand by friends uh, when their life was in danger to back them up on something. But when it comes to that same person getting honor, they, they withdraw from that. But they'll risk their own life, but 
as far as supporting their honor, that's, you know, they kind of back off from that. They, they that person's, uh, that friend is, um, immediately has a backlash of envy. But to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who re rejoice perfects that bond of love. Uh, it's an interesting paradox that when you weep with those who weep, the more people that weep with the person who's suffering, the, the, the pain goes away quicker. But when you rejoice with those who rejoice, that joy gets bigger. So pain decreases when we all share it, and joy increases when we all share it. And that's a really interesting relationship. But St. John's character is revealed because he rejoiced greatly, and he says that, um, at the increase of Christ, the bridegroom. Uh, he could have defended himself. He could have said, yeah, disciples, you are right to dispute with the Jews. My baptism is greater. After all, I baptize Christ. If he cared about that, that was a perfect opportunity to defend himself. But, but he doesn't. He instead decreased so Christ can increase. And um, in the sight of men, thus revealing the truth of who Christ was, who is all in all and the eternal God. But it can be difficult for us to, re to rejoice with those who rejoice. Uh, so instead of rejoicing at the increase of others, we see envy and sometimes like a crazy desire for glory. Uh, it, ca it causes all kinds of evil and problems, not only among friends and family, but also on a larger scale among nations and among churches between like different churches. Envy can turn churches upside down. And maybe you have all seen that. But St. Basil... Um, the patron of this church says, Envy is distress caused by the neighbor's prosperity. The jealous person is never free from anguish, never free from despair. And the only cure in his mind is that the fortunate neighbor is deprived of his happiness and to become an object of pity. That's the, in his mind, the only way he can be cured if he's envious is that that other person loses that esteem or suffers himself. And oftentimes they act on it uh, with backstabbings or with other types of evils. You, you remember that envy was the main, was the cause of the first murder in human history between Abel and Cain. So it's a very difficult disease. We, do, we definitely don't want to be in, entangled in that. So how do we overcome <coughs> such a disease when envy or jealousy uh, it, it knocks on the door? St. <coughs> John Chrysostom tells us to do it by comparing honor with honor. So has somebody come across some money, a new car, a new house, or an inheritance that you think maybe is unfair? Consider the riches that God has given us, that Christ has given us, the things that are much more valuable than gold, that are eternal, and that give us peace and joy indescribable compared. Has someone received praise and honor in the sight of other people? Remember that Christ has given us more honor than the world can even dare to give. Worldly glory is a name without reality. It doesn't have substance. But the glory that God gives is the type of glory that's eternal, lasts forever. It, it has weight. It's worthy of the praise of angels and archangels and the saints and the Lord of archangels and saints. And in the end, it's also going to receive praise from men uh, with some time. I love this story uh, with two monks that um, were in the desert for a long period of time. And uh, so the two old men heard about people fighting in the world. So they were kind of surprised at this and they said, how can people fight like that over things? He says, I don't know. I it just, I can't even comprehend it. So the other monk says, okay, well, let's put a brick between us and I'll say it's mine. And then you say it's yours. And thus the fight will begin and we'll, we'll try to understand these people who live in the world. 
So they did that. They brought the brick and they said, it's mine. And the other person said, no, it's mine. So the third, so the second person said, okay, if it's yours, please have it. And, and, and they weren't able to fight and they still remain confused at why people fight in the world. It may seem silly, but at the same time, it shows that, that level of simplicity that we should all have. So to close with uh, St. Basil's writing, when we elevate our mind and fix our attention on what is truly good and praiseworthy, you will be far beyond thinking that any corruptible and earthly good is a source of happiness or enviable. When you acquire this habit of your mind, you will not be obsessed with worldly good as if they had great eternal value, and you will find it impossible to feel envy for your neighbor. So let's pray that we are like St. John the Baptist and never envious of each other, because all of the things that we have, we receive from God. And when, we, when God takes it away or gives it to somebody else, we have to trust in his wisdom and his love for us, and uh, glory be to God forever. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net. That's www.stbasil.net. Or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.